Welcome to another episode of the Fanzone Podcast. Your home for all things Bolton Wanderers up the trotters, the Northwest's number one podcast. Good evening, ladies and gents. Welcome back to another episode of the preview brought to you by us here at the Fanzone Podcast. Joined tonight by myself, Ben and Chris, of course, through the, the regulars, so to speak. Uh, but we've got a, a special guest on this evening. We're joined by Paul from Orient Outlook. How are you doing, Paul? Good, thanks, guys. Thanks for having me on. Nice to meet you. No, yeah, you're very welcome. Thanks for joining us, yeah. Uh, if you're looking forward to this evening's episodes, get your comments in the chat. And uh, if you want to get your thoughts about the game coming up, what we're talking about, Drop them in the chat and we'll uh, we'll pick some out and see if we can get some 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 stuff brought into the stream. But without further ado, we will get stuck into this evening's episode of the preview. So, of course, the Wanderers will host Leighton Orient at home on Saturday. It's a game that. I mean, for, from our point of view, at least, as Wanderers fans, needs to be a, a positive one. We're going to be looking for a reaction. Um, and I'm sure that might actually fill uh, you, Leighton Orient fans, with uh, with some optimism, perhaps, Paul? Yeah, I mean, the, the fact that we've not been in great form our, ourselves, you know, you're going to be a difficult game. You, you're one of those clubs that you would expect to have a top eight budget and to be in the top seven or eight well, top six or seven probably by, you know, come the end of the season. I know you're not without your own challenges though, right? Yeah. <laughs> I think, yeah, so I think it, our inconsistency, well, saying that, inconsistency is probably the wrong word to use after a, a ridiculous run of um, of results over, what, 12 games. But I'm not going to say the wheels have come off, but the last two games have been... Not our best, and obviously, as you touch on, we've just lost our captain due to suspension after a red card against Bristol Rovers on Saturday, which mm. doesn't help. Um, yeah. but we look to uh overcome these uh these tests and adversities, don't we? So, well, we've been in a similar situation, but our seems to have been over the last two months. Uh, we got our first win against Cheltenham on Saturday. Yeah. More by luck than perhaps judgment, you'd argue, but a win is a win and no one's going to look back and, and think, well, you didn't take any points off bottom of the league, Cheltenham, but we did. We took all three points. It doesn't really matter in the grand scheme of things how they come. It just matters that you get them. Um, yeah. You can pick the bones out of anything and how imperfect things are or how good something is. The bottom line is at the end of the season, you're going to look back and see where you are in the table and how many points you've managed to accumulate and how many wins. You know, the individual results... And the total sum of all the parts, you know, that, that's really what you're going to focus on. Um, so, yeah, so we, hadn't, we hadn't won in the league for a couple of months. Um, we've been battered by injury after injury after injury, suspension, red card, Brandon Cooper got sent off uh, for a, a stupid elbow uh, a couple of weeks ago. Um, so he's our one of our first choice centre backs. We now welcome back experienced captain Omar Beckles. So we've got a little bit of experience in our team. We're starting to, uh, I think, which is now uh, tried and, and he, you know, he'll never put his best team out because uh, he's got a long term absentee mm. in Jordan Graham, our other uh, 
well, we have high expectations for Dan Aggie, uh, Dan Ajay, sorry. Um, he's only just started to make a comeback because he broke, he injured himself in, in pre-season. So for, for us, we've not been able to play our first choice. We started the season off with about eight first choice players out injured. So we, we never got that running start that, you know, most other clubs did. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I don't know how this is going to go. I mean, obviously, both sides would be expecting their teams to at least get something from this game. I would imagine. Absolutely. It sounds like a, a relatively similar story to ours in terms of injuries and um, frustrating, um, perhaps, performances. But in terms of results, I think what you said, I think a lot of our fans can resonate with that, you know, although the performances might not have been there, like you mentioned, against the game against Cheltenham, I think we can we can share that and look back on a few games where we've not been 10 out of 10, but we've come away from, from with three points. Um, so on that note, we will get stuck in and look at both teams' seasons so far. So, after a pretty good run, Wanderers currently in an all right spot. And I think, in the grand scheme of things, if you'd if you'd have asked us if we would be happy with where we are um, at the start of the season, uh, come Christmas, I think most of us would have said yes. Obviously, the last two games uh, have been a a little bit of a of a dip, but I think we've seen it before, and we're we're confident that the the turnaround in form will come. Uh, perhaps just a matter of when, and I think for all of us, we hope that that Saturday will be that game. I'll swap with Paul. you if you want to swap places with me. I'm happy to swap <laughs> places. I'll take your form. I'll take your points tally, and I'll take your league position. No problem. Hey, we're a place below Stevenage. I wouldn't have taken that before the start of the season. If somebody had said that, they've had an unbelievable season, haven't they? But Almost unexplainable, you'd argue, given their budget relative to to others in the league. There, there's something. I mean, obviously, we came up with Stevenage. We came up as League yeah. Two champions last season, and Stevenage were hot on our towel all season. You know, that's a bit of a freak situation. The, the big question is: is can they maintain that for that? But for that's our whole it, season? isn't it? Yeah, yeah. We're only well, not even halfway through yet, so it's um, it, it's a big ask. Yeah, Boxing Day's the halfway point for us, so. Um, yeah, it, it, you know, look, and, and sorry, I know you've got something else to move on to, but I think just to say that I think we'd have taken where we are now at the beginning of the season. If we end up in 14th, I'd be quite happy with that come the end of the season. That would be progress on last season. It's for, solid, for us, as far isn't as I'm it? Concerned. Yeah, look, it's not, spe- it's not spectacular. We've had a troubled start to the season. We you know, keep losing players and consistency of being able to name a team, which Steve Evans probably can do. I'm not really well read on what, they're, what they've been up to, but, you know, he's got... He just figured it out. He's got the players that he knows how to play in a slightly awkward way. Uh, whereas Richie Wellens, our manager, likes to play more fluid, fluent football through the phases, yeah. through the through the teams. He's very Everett-like in that respect, isn't he? Playing out from the back and being confident. Some would say yeah. stuck with his methodology and such like, but I agree with it. If that's the way you're going to play, then play it. Yeah. And you've got the budget to get those sorts of players that can play yeah. that way in. You know, we're yeah. at the smaller end of the scale, not the smallest by any means, but we're at the smaller end of the scale. And, you know, we've done our best. We think we've got a young, talented squad, um, but it's a learning curve. You know, we can't afford to go out and get experienced young pros, if you like. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and, and, and you know, we don't have lots of academy um, products. We have a few, don't get me wrong. We've done very well recently and made good money from selling on. But, um, you know, you're, you're in a much stronger position in terms of squad and, uh, you know, who, you know oh, who's yeah. on your doorstep and, and, and the, 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 
ability to to attract the right sort of players mm. and the right to pay them the right sort of money is you know london's expensive and and that's another thing where we can't compete with your salary and the cost of living of course yeah all that's up it's a good point guys though. i've never ever thought about football in that way that obviously clubs in and around the london area will obviously have a, have a higher higher yeah, you, you think if it's us or Stevenage, for example, forget the league position at the moment, or we'd argue that we're a bigger club than Stevenage. But if you're being offered the same money to go to play for Stevenage or Leighton Orient, but you can, you know, it, it then comes down to obviously particulars about the club and the salary that's not. But let's say the package is exactly the same, no. but it's cheaper to live in Stevenage than it is to live is. in yeah. in London and the surrounding area. You know, yeah, like, you're closer to Watford, aren't you? No, we're more West Ham. I mean, Stevenage. Yeah. Stevenage, oh, Stevenage is yeah, that's in Hertfordshire as opposed to central yeah. London, isn't it? So it's... It, it's out. It's, it's, it's in Hertfordshire. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So it makes a massive difference. There are outerlying areas around that where the training ground might be. That, that basically means it's just cheaper to rent or to buy up there, to live up yeah. there, basically. It's yeah, a good yeah. point. Like Ben said, it's, it is, it it's, is. Not, it's not, not something you take into consideration. and You just want to play in, don't you? And that's it. You just kind of focused yeah, on that on what benefits the club as opposed to the bigger picture I and mean, it's not always the case so no, it's no. Not quite. but like exeter as yeah. well you'd argue you know an exeter city similar sized club uh regardless of where they're at in the table if you've got two offers they're exactly the same your money's going to go further at exeter than it is perhaps yeah in, exactly in exactly yeah yeah anyway, it's a sorry. it's a great point uh no it's okay it was really really interesting actually um paul just run us through Leighton orient season then so far um obviously sure. you mentioned the last two months uh might have been a, a little bit difficult but runners from uh sort of day one up to where we are now how do you think orient have got on and are you happy with with how things have gone i mean you can always pick the bones out of anything we didn't start this league particularly well we we lost one nil at home to charlton uh sorry away at charlton i beg your pardon um obviously first game of the season you always want to get off to a winning start uh, we didn't do that and then we lost to Plymouth Argyle, seemed to be a, a cup foe of ours that we always lose. We always seem to get drawn against Plymouth and we always get drawn away and we always seem to lose. So that was a given. We knew that and we were prepared for that already. But then we got smashed at home by Portsmouth 4-0. Uh, and then we lost 3-2 uh, away at Wickham, which was a very tight game. And then we started to pick ourselves up with a draw against Blackpool and a win against Cambridge. And then we lost at home 3-0 to Stevenage. And there was some warning signs. There's a lot of alarm bells ringing. But like I said earlier, we started off with about eight or nine players out, first choice players out injured, muscular strains. Dan Ajay broke his leg. Um, and we had other players who were just not available for muscle strains and sprains and all sorts of stuff. So Richie wasn't really able to ever get that kind of rhythm of what he was trying to practice in, in pre-season out and actually on the pitch. We did well in terms of retaining most of who we wanted from last season. We lost Lawrence Vigarou, who went to Burnley, mm. uh, obviously just up the road from you. Couldn't yeah. deny him that. He's not first choice. I don't even think it's third choice, which is a shame because no. he's a great, great talent. Um, but look, it, it, financially, it makes sense for him and his family to secure their future. So don't begrudge him that. And Paul Smith was our talismanic winger when he was fit. Um, he was a game-changing player. He's now doing reasonably well, I think, at QPR um when, again when he plays so from that point of view we'd lost two crucial components of our promotion winning side but they were replaced with Dan Ajay who unfortunately got injured that was meant to be uh and we got Sol Grinning on loan a young goalkeeper in on loan from from Middlesbrough who proved him his worth 
uh, playing in goal for Swindon last season, did very well. So, you know, two capable, ideal replacements, you'd, you'd argue. But just things just never started with us really well. And, and we never got our flow and it was difficult. And, you know, when you've lost your first few games of the season, you kind of think, you know, the um, mood in the dressing room could take a dip and the attitude of the players, you know, you hope it's right. But, you know, you're talking about a young but talented squad. Um but you know it's new to them, so they're trying to figure out how to feel and how to overcome these these challenges that they probably haven't had before. So it's very difficult. But Richie is a good manager; he's a good motivator, a good man manager. We believe, and we started to then uh, pick up points. We went to Exeter away at the beginning of September and beat them, and drew with Peterborough, who you know big budget, big club for this league, been in the championship a fair bit. Mm. Um, so you know to get a, to take something from Peterborough was was genuinely brilliant. Um, and then um, we uh, beat Fulham under 21s in the EFL trophy to stay in, in the Football League trophy to stay in that. And then we beat Shrewsbury at home, lost to Fleetwood in a bit of an ill-tempered game. And then we beat Reading at home, Carlisle away. And then we started to pick up some points and we started to pull ourselves away from that kind of, I, don't, I can't believe I'm saying this out now, but the relegation zone, you know, <laughs> talking about it this early in the season, you know, relegation was a word mm-hmm. that was being being used amongst the Orient fan base. But, you know, you don't really start to look at the table, do you really, until you've done at least a quarter of the season. I mean, that's not sensible, even yeah. a third of the season, realistically. Game. Yeah. yeah. Um, you take no notice of it. But it's starting to take some sort of shape now. Um, I think it's different, Paul, as well, especially when you've, you've just been promoted. I think your perspective on it is slightly different. Well, it's really funny you say that. Yeah, it's really funny you say that because on our podcast, this last show, three episode 340, my, my uh, friend Steve was saying about uh, where has the expectations of Leighton Orient fans suddenly for us to be top five, top eight, by expectation, we deserve to be there. Where does that come from? There seems to be some sort of delusions of grandeur uh, amongst some of the fan base. Some are, Perhaps it is just a noisy minority, you know, thinking that we're bigger than we yeah. are. Um, and we should be higher up the league than we are, but we are where we are because over mm. twenty-one odd games, this is where we are, and and, mm. and the league doesn't, the league table doesn't lie. No, the problem that we've got is that doing a weekly podcast and a weekly show, as as you know, you will well know, you look at things in isolation. You don't sit back after, you don't yeah. do a podcast every ten games and go right, okay, over that ten games we've accumulated twenty-five points, blah blah, or whatever it is. Yeah. And, you look at things holistically. No, you look at things piecemeal. And I think that's probably uh, a lot of the problem. And that's probably a lot of where some of this expect that the frustration and annoyance is that we've, we've not played as well as what we know that we, we should be able to and can yeah. play because of the talent in our squad. Sloppy passing, lack of movement, backwards, sideways, high possession, but never test the goalkeeper. It's like, well, what's the point? You may as well, I'd rather have 20% possession have eight shots on target and score two goals. Yeah. Rather than eight points. Yeah. Than eighty percent possession, but it looked nice and get yeah, one yeah. point or no points. Sounds familiar. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously, I'm saying the, I'm so, I apologize to you and all of your listeners if I'm stating the glaringly obvious, but I think sometimes you know what Paul, you know what? It, <laughs> this it's one of the reasons why we do this and we're quite young. We've only been we've only been a podcast for a year. Okay. And I think sometimes another person's glaringly obvious is a different person's I sort didn't of know that. yeah, bit of a light bulb moment. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and, and I think it is about perspective. I think what you've just said there is bang on. Um, you look at it game by game and you are you, you do become very reactionary and you do your expectations are always higher. Whereas the reality, and you, you mentioned it right from the get-go, you'd swap you know, you'd swap places in a heartbeat. Um also saying where's this expectation coming from um you know you do have to have a bit of a bit of context around stuff yeah and i'm glad it's you've different. That. sorry it's different for us to you though because the expectation being the size of club that you are yeah. your expectation rightly so this season would be promotion completely and when yeah, our expectation when, is to stay in the league and you know that you That's can still hear the the rattling of the p and the referee's whistle from the play the the the, the uh, playoff second leg against Barnsley, and we're already saying we ain't going through that again. It's mm. going to be automatics next okay. season, and that's from our hierarchy, not from us supporters. And yeah. that does set the tone, and it does set the expectation. Um, but you know, you look at results, you look at performances, and you should, if you you know. If you if you're logical and sensible enough, be able to paint your own picture of where things should be and where we're going to end up and where we what we should be doing, as opposed mm. to you know basing that on expectations that have been set by a manager or whoever it might be. So mm. no, no, you, you you're right in what you're saying. I agree with you completely. Cool. It is. It's a, it's a really interesting point, especially when you're. When you consider the last two games that we've had and, and, and the conversations that we've had on the podcast, you would have thought things were going much, much worse than they are. You know, if we win our game in hand, we're six points from top and we're second in the league yeah. <laughs> in an automatic spot. Um, you take you take that all day long. Of course you would. Of course, of course you would, absolutely. Automatic out the league. Don't have to worry about champions. Like That's just a cherry on the top, but just to get out. And for us yeah. last season, when we won League Two, you know, would have taken top top four really, or, or top seven as it was. But the fact mm. that we were top for most of the season, it was like an unbelievable season. Yeah, it's nice to get a trophy in the cabinet, isn't it? But mm. with respect, you know, you look at it and you think about. I mean, I think about last season, and from time to time, it might be my age, but I sometimes forget. Was it was it Plymouth or or, or was it Ipswich who got who won the title? The reality is, it doesn't really matter as long as you get out in in the automatics. Yeah. Then yeah, that's all absolutely. that counts. Yeah, absolutely. That's so, right. Getting yeah, out the league, yeah. getting and yeah, absolutely, totally agree. I can see and some I, good I, points I, I, in in the chat as well. Yeah, I'd settle for second all day long. I'd play that absolutely right now. Of course you would. Of course you would. Absolutely. We've uh, we've had some comments in, so we'll <laughs> run through them. Uh, Liam's sure. asked. Are Leighton Orient not at their level, though? Um, so, realistically, where do you think, uh, as a club, Leighton Orient sit at the minute? Do you think that they're, they're sort of at the right level? Yeah, as it stands at the moment, I think we're at where we're meant to be at. I think just for context here, we were in League One uh, last time, 2014-15, uh, uh, and then we got relegated uh, into League Two. That was when our, our disastrous owner um took over so barry hearn owned the club he then sold yeah. it to someone else he we don't mention his name um he owned the club sunk it to the ground we got relegated to the national league uh, and then obviously we've had two promotions in six years which is probably another where 
weight of where our expectations have come from is in six years, we've won the National League as the champions and we've won League yeah. Two as champions, obviously most recently. So we've got two trophies in the trophy cabinet, which most clubs won't have. I mean, arguably, would you want to swap our history for for yours you probably wouldn't but out you know we're at where we're at and this is what we're doing you know we're a, a mid-table club at the moment but we are planning on on growing on that but you can't just turn up to a league and, and suddenly find some rich person that's got hundreds of millions to just throw it there's rules and laws around how you spend it and what you can and can't do um and we've had a guy who came in with very very deep pockets allegedly um and who was going to take us to the next level it's going to be amazing and wonderful just be careful what you wish for uh, because it didn't work out that way. We ended up out, out the national, out, out of the football league for the first time in hundred or whatever years. So uh, we are at the level that we're at. Um, we we are here where we're meant to be. We're back, I guess, where we belong. Mm. It's ironic, isn't it? Because you're saying about swapping places and what our expectations are. I, I, I'll be truthful. It was only earlier today doing the research that. It came back to me that obviously you were in the predicament that you were in six years ago. It was a winding up petition. Yeah. Uh, and again, and it, I was saying to Ben before we came on, Paul, it's like again we had um, we had Exeter, the guys from Exeter City on a couple of weeks ago, um, yeah. and obviously they've had their issues. We, you've had your issues. We've had our issues more, even more recently. You know, we were 30 minutes away from yeah from death. Um, yeah, same. And it's, it, you know, it, you've got to, you, there's a bit of a thing with, with, our, with our supporters, and I do agree with it, that, you know, there'll be an argument about something or another, you know, recent results or form or whatever, and then, you know, somebody will come out with the comment, but at least we've still got a club. And it's like, it's, it's a taboo. You can't say that. It's like, you know, yeah that, that that's expectation for you yeah because we you know we, we've gone through the last couple of months and, and it's been tough because we've watched our team not do very well not play very well knowing that there is ability there um, and we don't know what i said a month and a half ago there's something not quite right something's wrong uh whether the players aren't fit enough whether the players are carrying knocks whether they don't understand what their roles are whether richie's richie wellens is overcomplicated things because he's a real um meticulous planner yeah. a real tacticianer um and whether he's just confusing i mean he screams a whole 90 minutes how he does post-match without a throat lozenger i don't know but he just manages uh he just manages to scream the whole time you can hear him if you sit behind the dugout at, at home or at any game um but um it, it, it's just been that sort of a challenge i completely lost my train of thought where i was going with that so i'll stop waffling. <laughs> Sorry, chaps. I, I was going to make a point, but completely forgot where I was going. No, it, it happens to the best of us. <laughs> no, don't worry about that. We're always doing it. We will just touch on some injury updates. Uh, I don't think the Wanderers are, have been in such poor fortune, but uh, we'll, we'll find out from from Leighton Orient in in just a second. And sorry about that graphic, Paul. Kermit the Frog. Why? It's it's. Quite, I don't. I don't know what everyone's what everyone's issue is with, with it. Um. Obviously, the biggest miss for Wanderers will be Ricardo Santos missing the game through suspension. 
Josh Sheehan will be back uh, and available after missing a game after he picked up uh, the, the the maximum amount of yellow cards. So I think, as far as I know, that that's it. Is uh, <laughs> is the forgotten Zach Ashworth? Is he? Oh, he's back. <laughs> is he kicking around? He's he's fully fit. Um, obviously, you've got to um, take into consideration the long term on Lundaloo injury and obviously John O, but other than that, we had a similar sort of challenge to yourself, Paul, not many weeks ago where we had eight first teamers um injured from a squad of eighteen. Um yeah, it was it was a nightmare. Um yeah. youth team on the bench, etc. So mm. even with our like you say, you talk about you know the, the sort of higher echelons of the budgets in this league. We were still absolutely down to the bare bones. Um, mm. I think as well, I think Liam in the chats just mentioned um, Yon Daddy Bodvarsson took a knock in the game in the defeat against Bristol Rovers on Saturday. Ian Abbott's come out and said that it was more of a, a, a an impact injury as opposed yeah. to anything muscular or anything tendon related or twisted or anything like that. Um, so he may not be risked. I, I feel that probably ever given the introduction of Bod Varson in the last two games and we've lost both not to go with a knee-jerk reaction, but may return to a, a partnership of of Charles and Adebayejo anyway. Um, but any, either way, oh, I think yeah. it's happened. You've got our former oh, youth product, Victor Adebayejo. Oh, really? Oh, wow. Yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah, he was really good. We sold him, I think, to Victor Adebayejo. Did he, go to Nor- Did he leave us and go to Norwich? I can't remember now. Uh, yeah, I should have probably researched that and sounded a little bit more. Oh, no, not at all. No, no. It's, um, um, Victor Adebayejo came through our academy. Yeah. Wow. Was he with, was he with you long? Was he with the academy long? Do you know? Um, not without Googling it. No, Google away. Google away. I think the, the, the only correlation that I, that we, we found is obviously... Old Darren Prattley. Um, oh, Darren, yeah, of course. Yeah, is he is he back in first team contention now, Paul? He is. Yeah, he started last week. Actually, I think where Richard tried a pretty young squad. I think he brought back George Monker. He brought back in Darren Prattley, Omar Beckles because we lost Brandon Cooper to suspension. So we had three more senior pros out there. Uh, versus the slightly more younger um, and youthful squad. But no, Victor Victor started his career um, with us. Um, he was one of the young hot prospects that we sold during the um, previous regime, if you like. Yeah. And then he went to and, and, and joined Barnsley. Oh, quite a hot prospect, go. actually. I think we've got one of your one, one of your representatives in the chat, Sharky. Yeah, we sold him to Barnsley. Yeah, well played, okay. oh, yeah, yeah. Well played. And then we picked him up from Burton for what Good was a, a, a massive half a million quid. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, 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 he's, um, 
how best to put this. He's I, I'm not going to use the old Marmite obvious analogy. He, 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 he but he does split people. Um, but he's done all right in his first full season thus far. He's he's done all right so far. He's bagged Good. a few. He causes a lot of problems. Mm. He's got a dubious first touch. I think that's what splits people more than anything. Um, but he, he he works his he works his socks off the lad. He really does. Yeah. He's a, he's a grafter. Um, Which is what you want. If he's yeah, not scoring goals, he's got to be doing something else, right? If he's contributing to the rest of the team, exactly. That's, that's yeah, that's acceptable. It's, it's helped Dion as well. <laughs> You know, it's helped Dion Charles yeah. a lot in terms of his goal tally this season. Um, yeah. I don't think people see that. You know, and that's that's the problem. You, you look at your strikers and you think, well, Victor's scored zero, as an example, he's scored zero goals, but this guy's scoring all the goals. So Victor's rubbish and the other guy's brilliant. But actually, if yeah. you watch the interlink and play, there's always one that would be better than the other if that's how you set your team up. We don't set our team up. Richie doesn't set his team up to have a 20 goal a season striker. Last season, mm. we won the league and our highest scoring player was 10 goals. Right. Because all of the goals were shared equally amongst the rest yeah. of the squad and we were frugal at the back. We were clinical yeah. in both boxes enough that, you know, we, we shared the goals. I, and Bradford had well. The, yeah, absolutely. And Bradford had the leading striker in Andy Ross's face for 27-odd goals, but they yeah. didn't even get win the playoffs. So mm. it's all well and good having a 20-plus goal a season striker, but if the team's not going in the same direction, then you might as well kind of almost not um, in some yeah. ways, which sounds a bit silly. But, you know, what I'm saying is, is, you know, Victor will work hard. He's a hard worker. It's how he's been taught. Um, so he's doing the graft so that your other man can yeah, unfortunately do what he needs walk. to do. Yeah. yeah. I think, I think we, somebody's just mentioned it. Martin's just mentioned it in the chat that if we see a fully fit Dion Charles and a fully fit Yon Daddy Bodvarsson together, it's our, it, it, it's our best two yeah it, it yeah, clearly yeah. is and we've said it all along on here um yeah. however mixing it up and we haven't seen a fully fit bod varson for a long time he's i mean only started his first game against portsmouth last week week yeah. before i lost track of time with christmas but two games ago um and that's a problem you know so yeah. um well yeah there you go Absolutely. sorry I'm, I'm waffling again <laughs> so Paul, just run us through like your Orient squad at the minute then. How are we looking in terms of injuries? Is there anyone really, really key missing for you? Because you mentioned that the leg break. I mean, in pre-season we had another a, a similar situation with our George Johnston missing the season uh, after yeah. a nasty ACL injury. But who can we expect to see starting at the tough sheet on Saturday? Uh, well, just to uh, so Jordan Graham is a big loss for us. Um, he's a huge loss, a winger that we'd signed from Birmingham. Um, he's out for the pr probably for the season, arguably. If he makes it back sooner, great, but we're not expecting him back. Aaron Drynan is our striker as well. Um, had a mixed season, uh, people get on his back, although he works really hard, his end product isn't quite there. That's probably more of a confidence issue than an ability issue, I think. Many fans would disagree with me. They, they're not a big fan of his, but there is a player in there somewhere uh, because when Kenny Jackett signed him in the first half of the season, he was on about 14 goals by Christmas. So there is a player in there if you can service. And, and when he's fully fit and confident, then you know there is a player in there. Uh, the magic word in there is if, obviously. Um, 
So there, there's those two that are out. Um, Ed Turns is on a young lad on loan to a Welsh under-21 captain, uh, or has played for the Welsh under-21 squad. Um, good player, on loan to us from Brighton. Again, he played for us last season, wanted to come back again this season. Obviously, now we're a higher, higher league, but also he wanted to come back and play for the club. Um, as did Idris Elmazuni from Ipswich as well, but that, that's, that, he's not injured. Ed Turns, I think, found a late fitness test last week. So I think other than about two or three players, Adam Thompson's coming back, not first choice. Um, I think it would be Omar Beckles, Dan Happy, and probably Tom James as a back three with Sol Brennan between the sticks. Um, I think he'll probably keep a, much of, of, of a side that he had uh, last week but again it's so difficult to predict because Richie plays his cards very close to his chest and doesn't really give updates on on sort of injured players or who we might expect I think and that's very clever because obviously he doesn't want to give opposition teams yeah, yeah. any kind of inkling as to yeah. what who might play and what formation he may play them in or what their setup is going to be but I, I, I suspect that it will be um Probably George Monk, Idris Elmazuni, Darren Prattley, Jordan Brown played at right back. Um, Tom James didn't start, I beg your pardon. It was Jordan Brown, Omar Beckles, Ed Turns, uh, Omar Beckles, Dan Happy, and who went in at left back? I can't remember for the life of me. Um, so he then went with Darren Prattley, Idris Elmazuni in, in, as a sort of two in front of the back four. And then we had George Monker, Dan Ajayi and um, Theo Archibald as a three uh, mm. playing behind um, Ruel Soteriou, um, yeah. who has done well. Admittedly, he's done well, but he's missed more chances that could have probably really put him comfortably in double figures this season. He should be on 12, 13 goals this season. Um, we started off with Brown, Beckles, Happy and Hunt. Uh, Rob Hunt started um, as as left back. That's right. So back four, which is what I think we're better off doing, rather than a back three with wing backs. We've played a five three two or three five two, whichever mm. kind of way your your um, brain sees that. Um, but going to a flat back four, I think, has helped give us the structure and stability that we need, um, especially as we're slightly younger and you know not used to this level yet. I know we're 20 odd games in, but some of them haven't played no, at this still. level before. So yeah. there's a bit of an adjusting period. But, you know, we still have a strong, strong bench and, and potentially game changing players that can do stuff um, off the bench if, if need be, as was the case last Saturday where we stole all three points off Cheltenham. And it was a steal. And I feel for Cheltenham because they played well with 10 men for 80 minutes. They, um, they had a decent run of results prior to playing you guys as well, didn't they? They started yeah. to see a bit of a, a new manager. Mm. Yeah, precisely. But, but what was it? Eighty ninth, an eighty ninth minute own goal and a ninety third minute winner away. Away. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, take that. Take everything out of the equation. If that was us, I'd be absolutely over the moon. I wouldn't give a. I wouldn't give a monkey's how we got it. No. No. If we got you that, don't. I'd, I'd be that's. That's what I said at the start of the show, wasn't it? It's not yeah. about how you win. It's just about getting all three points. Yes, we'd all love to be playing Man City style football, passing play people off the pitch. Everyone would love to see that. But you've got to be realistic. We, we haven't got those players. We've got these players. It yeah. doesn't work that way. Doesn't, you've got to no. have a sense of realism. Even at a big club like yours, do you should you be in this league realistically? No, but you are. Well, 
Reality, yeah. no. Theoretically, no, but realistically, yeah, because you yeah. are where you are. Yeah, um, exactly. But but you, you got to cut your cloth accordingly. But, but you can probably get the sorts of players that your manager wants to play the style that he wants. We have to be a bit careful. We have to manage our budget a little bit differently. So it's a much smaller budget. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. That said, he's he, he, the. The watchword has always been sustainability. With ever you, 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 as a Bolton fan, you get tired of hearing it because you do want. But you have to. Yeah, you have exactly. To. Look where, look, look where overspending gets you. You yeah. nearly lost your club. Would you rather be stable and steady, or going gung home, but maybe every year not having a club to support? Yeah, I know. What only, I think it's only last year. Will it be Ben <laughs> that we first started actually spending, spending money? Actually being involved with transfer fees um prior to that it was like years years and years there's, but there's some fallacy that, that that says in my opinion that says if you're spending money on transfers then they're better than players that aren't i don't mm. believe that to be true in the low league maybe at the top end of the championship and maybe maybe the championship period and, and the premier league for sure but you don't need to do that at league one league two level in my opinion because there are plenty of players that become available didn't work out at a certain club, didn't take to a certain manager, didn't play them in a certain way. Yeah, doesn't yeah. suddenly mean they're a crap player. No. Um, so I don't think, I, I don't, as uh, we don't have an association, or I don't, let me not speak for all Leighton Orient fans, but I don't have an association with playing, paying a transfer fee for a player equals that's a good player. No. It, that player is better than a free transfer. For me, it doesn't work like that. All you're doing for me is buying them out the contract. Yeah. It's, Do you know what I mean? It's probably more risk. Huge. Involved than anything else, Huge. isn't that? Of course, absolutely, because you're laying out lumps of money yeah. over over the course of a contract. But regardless, we actually had a question about one of another player who's linked, who's associated with both clubs, which was um, here in Sadlia, who was with you oh, yeah. last season. Last season, yeah, he's since left us. He's gone on to to Wickham, but Wickham. With, with well wishes, he a lot of Bolton. Fans really rated him, good player. Mm. Do you know the the whys and the wherefores as to why that didn't happen with you guys? Why did why he didn't stay on with you guys? I don't know, is the honest answer to that. No. I suspect well, he probably wanted to try and cut his cloth back with you guys and then got maybe told because he was only on loan to us and he did help us. Yeah. I mean, I think at times he flattered to deceive. I think that he was good in in spells, and I think at, at times he wasn't as good as what we I hoped he would be and, mm. and deliver as much as what he did. But by the same token, caveating that, we lost Paul Smith, our talismanic player. It wasn't really that notice that Paul Smith was lost because Kieran did contribute in games that he needed to. So All right. okay. I, te I temper my kind of frustration that you expect him because he's come from a bigger club uh, uh, and he's a better player that suddenly he's going to be like this magic and he's suddenly we're going to shoot and score hundreds of goals in each game. And that wasn't the case. So I guess I probably need to wind my neck in a, a little bit there um, because like I say he he didn't like he, he made us not miss Paul Smith that as much as what we probably would have done if we didn't get Akira and Sadlier in um, but again I guess we probably used our budget up and maybe had eyes on different players yeah because he's gone to Wickham so and they're only around the M25 so mm. um, you know they're not a million miles away true yeah mm. fair point no 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 well, it's that. been a great episode. Thank you very much, Paul, for that. We've uh, we've really, really enjoyed it, and we hope you watching along at home have enjoyed too. 
Uh, I think that just about wraps up tonight's episode, though. Uh, so thank you all for watching along. We would uh, massively appreciate it if you could drop us a follow on, on wherever you're watching. If you're watching on YouTube, then if you could subscribe, that would be a massive help. You can find Orient Outlook on Twitter in the description on the YouTube video below. Just go and have a nosy, see what they're about. Uh, but yeah, thanks for watching, and we will uh, we'll catch you in the next one. Cheers, Paul.